Welcome to the RGS IBG Ask the Expert podcast. I'm Laura, Educational Resource Writer. Today I'm joined by Luke Craven and Professor David Schlossberg from the University of Sydney. David is Professor of Environmental Politics. His general research interests are in environmental politics and political theory, and broadly focuses on environmental and climate justice, and the political theory, tactics and organisation of environmental and environmental justice movements. Luke Craven is a PhD student at the university, whose research explores how to make food systems more socially just, environmentally sustainable and more resilient, with a particular interest in how policymakers can help families in low-income areas. So thank you both, and welcome to the World Geographical Society. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Um, So I guess just to kick off then, um, as we've said, your research focuses on food and environmental justice. I wonder if you could tell me a little bit more about what these terms mean to you and how they've shaped your research. Yeah, thanks. So I've been working on this question of uh, what is environmental justice? How you how do you define environmental justice? What does environmental justice mean for quite a while? And I guess the most important thing to me is to look at how movement groups and activists actually define the terms for themselves. Uh, and try and get a sense of how movements are theorizing and thinking uh, about conceptions of justice. And I think the biggest lesson over the last 20 years or so of doing this uh, is that justice for these groups is about more than just who gets what. So in political theory, political theories of justice, it's about equity, who gets what, what are the best models for distribution and all of that. But uh, many movements around environmental justice begin in the experience of injustice. Uh, And so it's not always about what is the best model of distributing Mm -hmm. things, but why are we in the position we are? Why why is there injustice? What creates injustice? How do we respond to the situation of injustice? And so people are um, more generally concerned about a lack of recognition and respect Um, that communities or individuals are dismissed because they're poor, because they don't, um, uh, uh, they're people of color, they're immigrants, they're just not respected uh, by the political system. And that lack of recognition, that lack of respect Mm -hmm. is a really important part uh, of their conception of justice. Related to that participation uh, and inclusion, just having a seat at the table uh, Mm -hmm. is a big part uh, of justice. They see... um, Part of the reason for the existing injustice is that they're just not heard. They're not involved in decision-making. That affects them. Uh, and so participation uh, is a really important part uh, of, uh, of their demands. And then a lot of it just has to do also with um, the ability of, uh, of communities to function. Uh, so what are the things that are limiting Uh, So lead poisoning in a community that leads to poor educational outcomes uh, and job opportunities uh, or uh, a lack of education, which means that people can't get decent jobs and right or there be a critique of uh, of health issues like uh, asthma and what asthma does to not just an individual kid, but to a community that uh, is exposed to air pollution. So that has to do with just really getting at all the various things that help a community to function. So the idea of justice in these movements is really broad, really plural, uh, and it's been interesting to look at the variety of ways that different groups understand the concept. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so food justice is a really interesting term um, because it kind of started as um, 
as a movement in the in the US uh, where racial inequities in the food system um, were, were were and still are a problem um, for communities across the United States. And activists have been using the term food justice for a long time to talk about race-based inequities in the food system. But kind of as food justice has globalized, so has been used in, in new places by new activists. It's been used by people here in the UK when they talk about food poverty and people in Australia when they think about food insecurity and problems with getting people adequate nutrition. It means slightly different, something, some, something slightly different in those contexts. Um, so again, I think one of the things that activists are using the term food justice to mean is how can we look at food as a way to explore the, the deeper inequalities in society. So food is just sort of a lens or a portal that you can use to explore a whole range of other things that are happening with community functionings, with how people are given a seat at the table to discuss the issues that matter to them whether they're recognised in the first place as someone that is valuable and that should be taking part in those discussions. Mm. So I've done a lot of work with immigrant communities who just don't have the ability to have their voices heard mm. by both policymakers, and that, in, in many ways, is a huge part of what it means to be living in an unjust food system. And so where has some of that research taken place? And I think, more broadly, what sorts of geographical skills are you working with in your research? Well, in the current research that we're doing on on food movements uh, and food justice uh, is we're really focusing on local groups for the most part. So, uh, looking at groups that are trying to create local, new local food systems. Um, sometimes that expands regionally, um, but most of the time it's been uh, it's been fairly local. So the focus of groups is local, but the contact and the knowledge base. Uh, often expands into broad networks, into regional networks, into national networks, into international networks. So there is there are, there are a number of different scales going on uh, at the same time. But for the research questions around justice and what sort of ideas of justice are coming out of these movements, we are looking mostly uh, at the local level. So I think I can, I can tell a story perhaps about an activist that I spoke to in, in Australia and asked a similar question to the one that you just asked. And he said something, and I'm probably paraphrasing a little bit, but he said, you know, if, if I can deal with big global problems at my at the local level right here every day, then, then what's the difference between that? Hmm. And so I think for a lot of the people that we speak to, they do see the local um, as a place that they can address those big global issues. And, and that's really important for the kind of work that they're doing on an everyday basis. Yeah, we have quite a number of people that we've interviewed who worked on national level or global level policy uh, and just became frustrated with the lack of outcome and said, well, I want to go back to this local scale to, to do something, to accomplish something and um, feel as though they can make much more difference uh, at that level. But that also, that they continue to work at the, mm. the, you know, the variety of scales at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And so what sorts of movements are these groups engaged with then at the local level? What sorts of activities are they taking place in to kind of make this change? I think one of the things that we're looking at is uh, the, the collective. We're looking at groups that are interested not just in individual purchasing of food or ethical consumerism, uh, as some people call it, but we're looking at groups that are directly focused on collective action in the construction of new food systems. Uh, and so it's it's always collective. There, there 
are other studies and there, there are other interests in that sort of individual what makes people you know, move to more ethical purchases or thinking mm -hmm. about environment or social justice as they purchase things. And that's important work. But um, this idea of um, recreating at a local scale new food systems to address some of the social injustices uh, around food, that's really the focus for us. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really great question. And I think a lot of, particularly in the food space, some of the really innovative work is happening in the US. Yeah. So when people think about the food system in that context, they, they're intentionally really broad about what counts as yeah. being inside the food system. So I've worked with or spoken to activists in San Francisco, for instance, who uh, are interested in changing the food system. But to do that, they're engaging with labor movement activists and they're engaging yeah. with people from Black Lives Matter. Uh, and mm. people that do do community gardening, people that work on local economic development. Mm. Um, and I think there's a, a growing recognition that to change big system-based problems, you have to have everyone at the table to, to begin with. Mm. Um, and sort of encouraging um, those movements to be willing to have conversations across sort of divides that have been there for a long time, sort of between mm. the labor movement and sort of the economic development movement, for instance. Mm. But I think those conversations are happening and that's the kind of the larger movement for justice or food justice in the US. Yeah, absolutely. So what are the motivations then for people to, to participate in these movements? What, broadly speaking, are there different themes that are reoccurring for your research? Well, that's sort of the major question yeah. that we're looking <laughs> at now is what what is motivating people and how how uh, and in particular in the question uh, of justice uh, and environmental justice and social justice, what is motivating people and how, how do they understand this? And so there are a number of different things that have come up. Um, of course, around food, one of the key things is health uh, and individual health and community health and well-being. And what's interesting there, again, is the scale question because mm -hmm. for some people, for a lot of people, it is about eating a healthier diet. Right? So it is about a healthy me or a healthy family uh, and moving away from fast foods and, uh, and foods that, uh, that aren't healthy. But for some, it's a broader sense uh, of well-being. And there's, um, there's uh, an idea that health is community health as well and working with others in a community and um, just sort of building relationships uh, with others is another way to, to build health, to build uh, just communities. So that idea uh, of health is interesting to us, that it happens at both the scale of the individual uh, and the community. The other thing, and it's related, is um, that people are really interested in creating new attachments to others. Right. So it's not only about the health of the community, it's about the actual creation of community. And people often talk about food systems, existing food systems, being really alienating. You don't know the farmer, you don't know where the food comes from, you go to the grocery store alone and shop alone. Whereas with farmers markets, for example, you can talk to people, mm -hmm. you, you talk to the farmer, you learn about what they're growing, and you learn about seasonality, um, but you and you come together uh, as a community, and oftentimes farmers markets become a really important part of community life. Uh, on the weekends, for example. So it's the, the building of attachment um, to both the place and to each other uh, that people see as a really important part. And again, related to that, it's about that kind of participation, 
right? It's being involved in some way. And so this isn't just classic political participation about voting or going to meetings or something, but it's uh, being included in and participating in and feeling oneself as part of a new food system. Uh, that's important to folks. And in all of that, people tell us over and over again um, that it's about resisting the power uh, of the large uh, uh, industrial food system, about the supermarkets. In, in Australia, it's a huge thing because there are mm. two supermarket chains that I think sell, what, 80, 85% of the food mm. uh, in Australia. And people are always talking about that duopoly, the power of those two companies, mm. and how what they're doing takes them outside of that and they feel so empowered that they're creating a food system that's outside of that so it's that food and that creation of community as a as a form of resistance and all of these things for them are part of this creation of a new and just food system and i think one of the other things particularly in the younger people that we've spoken to there is just a lot of distrust um and being disheartened about the, the current political system as a way to affect change in society. And I think one of the things that food and energy and fashion gives young people in particular is something to hold on to as a, as a lever to pull the system in a direction that they'd like to see it go. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that political motivation is, is really key. How do we change society in a way that resonates with the values that we, that we hold? Um, but how can we do that in a way that sort of gets around that big political barrier um, that is that is modern politics. And I hear that a lot of, in Australia, um, particularly because I work with migrants and refugees. We have a really difficult political climate to talk about issues like that, which is probably very similar to the way it is in the UK as well. Um, but people often call the kind of work that they're doing in these movements do activism, uh, as opposed yeah. to sort of policy-focused activism or yeah. being members of Friends of the Earth or Greenpeace. And I think for a lot of people, that's what's really powerful about this kind of everyday work, um, is that they can speak to political concerns, they can do that in a really positive way by creating something tangible and new and of benefit to people, um, but they can also work to change the, the, the broader system that leads to those injustices to begin with. Yeah. Well, it's, it's very important to these activists that politics and justice aren't things that just happen elsewhere mm. um, in uh, a very alienating political system, mm. but um, is something that they can address in their everyday life, their everyday practices, their everyday relationships. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a great point to conclude the podcast on then. So thank you very much, Luke. Thank you very much, David, for um, being at the RGS today. Thank you for having, us. For having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For access to further resources, publications and curriculum relevant material to support geographical learning and teaching, please go to www.rgs.org forward slash resources.